Welcome to Conversations with Owens Community College President, Dr. Dion D. Somerville. Welcome to the newest episode of the Conversations podcast. I'm Dr. Dion D. Somerville. Thank you for listening today. Whether this is your first time with us or you're a longtime follower, we're so happy that you're joining us as we explore the issues and meet the people who are important to Northwest Ohio and to Owens Community College. Please enjoy our previous episodes and subscribe to Conversation to join us for future episodes. Today, I'm excited to welcome Amy Wachob, President and CEO of Goodwill Industries of Northwest Ohio. Amy earned her associate degree here at Owens Community College and went on to obtain her bachelor's degree in interdisciplinary studies from the University of Toledo. Amy joined Goodwill Industries in 1991, and over her 32 years with the organization, she has held various leadership and management roles, including retail director, vice president, and chief operating officer. She attended the Goodwill Industries International, their award-winning executive development program, in 2014. Amy is an integral part of workforce development and training in Northwest Ohio, and we're grateful that she agreed to join us for a conversation. Hi, Amy, and thank you for being our guest today. Amy, welcome to Conversations Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you are here with us today. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's a true pleasure to be here with you today. So we always ask each of our guests about how they know they needed to go to school. And so you have a very special story because there's a very wonderful institution in particular that's involved in your in your past. But can you talk a little bit about what made you realize you needed to have education beyond high school? Yeah, so my educational journey has been long and winding. How's how's that sound? So after it I sounds, gra- sounds like a regular student. <laughs> sounds like a regular student. Yes. So uh, my pathway through education beyond high school started. I actually went to Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. So that was in 1987, and I realized I was about three years in that I was not disciplined enough for school beyond high school. Mm -hmm. And so I moved back home and my parents at that time gave me an ultimatum and said, Amy, you either go out, get a job, or you go to Owens Mm -hmm. and you pursue an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, I thought, I'm not ready to go out on my own just yet. My sister also graduated from Owens uh, School of Nursing at that time. And so I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to go there and I'm going to try. So I actually enrolled with fashion merchandising. This is in the the early (laughs) 90s. And I fell in love with education. I did really well. And Owens, for me, changed the way that I learned. Mm. I knew I needed to have that instruction that was very personalized Mm -hmm. and not in the large lecture hall type setting. Mm -hmm. And I realized when I learned by applying the learning to real life, that is mm-hmm. when the lesson was taught. So I graduated from Owens, and at that time in the curriculum, you had to have a job, mm-hmm. and then you would report on that job as part of your class. It was Barb Donardo's class. I'll never forget it. And she <laughs> came in, and she said, Amy, Goodwill needs someone nights and weekends. Can you go out and apply? And I thought, Sure. So I went out, and I thought it was Salvation Army. I had no awareness of Goodwill. I didn't know anything about Goodwill. I 
had no idea. So I filled out the application. I'm like, oh, this is a Goodwill store. So this was at 2021 South Ronalds Road. And uh, I got the job. And it, I was supposed to be a merchandiser. I'm doing air quotes right now. Uh-huh. And uh, it was not a merchandiser. It was a part-time head cashier. Okay. Okay. So I thought, okay, I can do this. But I've really never managed anyone. But... I was applying the learning Mm -hmm. that I took from Owens. And I thought, okay, I I can do this. Well, then I then progressed through Goodwill, Mm -hmm. and I became the assistant manager and then the store manager. And Mm -hmm. I know we'll talk about that journey. But Owens was pivotal to me. Owens taught me, as I mentioned, a new way to learn. Mm -hmm. So as I progressed through Goodwill, the educational piece for the promotions, it was years of experience or Mm -hmm. a degree. So I had the years of experience. In 2014, Mm -hmm. uh, the board of directors at Goodwill, I was very, very blessed put me through what was called the Executive Development Program. They enrolled me in the Executive Development Program through Goodwill Industries International. Oh, wonderful. In order to gain entry into the program, you had to have a bachelor's degree. And I thought, I don't have a bachelor's degree, so I'm stuck. And the uh, chairperson of the board said, well, Amy, what if I write you a note pretty much excusing that requirement? Mm -hmm. And they said no. You, wow. you have to go back. Well, I thought, this is the end of the road for me. This is as far as I go within this organization. Mm-hmm. And the board said, no, Amy. We had a, a couple professors from the University of Toledo on the board, and they said, no, you can go back to school as an adult. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I, no. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Adults can't learn. Yeah. And they said, there is actually a college, Amy, of adult learning. And I thought... Huh, I should look into that. So I did, and I was very vulnerable. Learning uh, is hard for some individuals, and it was tough for me. The worst thing in the world is to feel stupid. And I felt going back, I had a stigma attached, and it was very intimidating. Mm -hmm. So the University of Toledo really took me and walked me through every step of adult learning. I will never forget, I picked my son up from football practice. I think he was a sophomore. And he said that night, um, so mom, what are we doing tonight? I said, well, I'm enrolling in college. And he said, huh. Well, I didn't expect that answer, but okay, <laughs> let's enroll in a college. So I, so I did. And uh, with the adult learning, then I was able to take some of my practical experience mm-hmm. in lieu of some of the classes and demonstrate my learning, which mm-hmm. again, I'm a very hands-on learner. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can actually do this. And then I found out there's something called a blackboard. Mm-hmm. I have no, I thought it was a blackboard that we would write. <laughs> I didn't know. So much has changed, you know? <laughs> And, and it's intimidating. Right. So, again, I found the learning was very personalized. Mm-hmm. It was uh, structured to areas that I could apply my learning. So, while I was going through the executive development program and learning about growth mindset mm-hmm. and transformational leadership, I was learning also from a different curriculum with the University of Toledo simultaneously. So, my whole theory changed of learning. And Mm -hmm. I am very aware of the fear of learning and trying to work with individuals to overcome that fear. Because learning 
comes in every shape and size, and it is not, Mm -hmm. as you very well know, it is not a one-size-fits-all model for Mm -hmm. anyone, and and I feel that I'm a perfect example of that. (laughs) (laughs) We all are in our own way, and and it doesn't suit everyone, which is why, you know, we we talk so much about every learner has their own pace. There's no finite timeline for anyone to, you know, do anything from a, you know, a learning or career perspective, and so you're just living proof of that. Right, and learning happens beyond a classroom Mm -hmm. setting also. Mm -hmm. And that is what I really try to promote at Goodwill as well, as every opportunity is a learning opportunity. Absolutely. And then you apply that learning. I remember when I was learning through the executive development program, Mm -hmm. how not to be so micromanagey. And so I would ask others, well, what do you think should happen? And they said, what, who are you? You know, and I said, I'm I'm applying my learning. (laughs) So, so, uh, so that is my journey through education. But I truly feel that every day I I am learning something. Mm -hmm. If it's not about myself, it's learning a fact or it's learning a method or Mm -hmm. it's just learning something new. It's, it's, uh, keeps our mind growing and, uh, I, I love it. I never thought I would say that, mm-hmm. ever, but I absolutely do. Well, I think part of it is making sure we can shed ourselves of whatever stigma is attached to whatever definition we feel we are or are not ascribing to. And so that personalization that you talked about, the whole encompassing all aspects of learning and being lifelong learners and that just natural curiosity, I think, are hugely important. In high school, everybody seemed to have a pathway. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go to uh, some high school football games and you hear senior night and, and it's assumed everybody is going to a college or a university. Mm-hmm. Some may not know what they want to do, and they need that assistance to know it's okay. It doesn't have to start at age 18 upon graduation from high school. You could be in your 50s and Mm -hmm. going back to school, and what a beautiful thing. Absolutely it is. Yeah, absolutely it is. Well, you you touched a little bit about how your own personal educational journey has impacted your work at Goodwill. But can you talk a little bit more about that? Because kind of like you, I mean, people don't realize that there's more than the stores. So how does your own personal journey inform what it is you do at Goodwill? First, Goodwill's mission is to help people with barriers to employment link to job opportunities, education, oftentimes is a barrier to employment. Mm -hmm. So how can we help overcome whatever barrier it is that anyone has? Mm -hmm. So just to promote a little bit more about the mission, what people may not realize is that the stores are a means to an end. Mm -hmm. They fund the mission of Goodwill Industries. Uh, So we are an employer But at the root and the soul, we are a nonprofit organization who assists those that need a hand up. How my journey has helped, I feel, is I feel I'm more patient Mm -hmm. and more personalized with individuals. And I really try to listen if they're struggling and why, because I myself struggled. And I held just about every position you could imagine within the organization. I've been there for 32 years now. I feel like I'm a barnacle sometimes, but um, I'm I'm proud to be. And one of the the more recent things that we have overcome is the stigma to succession planning. 
And there's a lot of teaching that has to be involved if you really embrace succession planning. So Mm -hmm. some see succession as a threat to their position rather than a legacy that they're creating. So we are trying to change that mindset that we are creating a legacy for generations to follow to ensure that goodwill is Mm -hmm. sustainable. And through that is development, education. Uh, We have Goodwill Academy classes that we we take and we help individuals beyond their regular job function. So if anybody wants to learn any advanced learning throughout the organization, it is available to all Mm -hmm. the employees because there are diamonds out there. Mm -hmm. There are diamonds out there and I just want all the team members within Goodwill to know that we see you Mm-hmm. And we're here to help you. So it's not only we're a workforce development provider for anyone within the community, but within the Goodwill Walls as well. That speaks to your journey. And you said you've held almost every position. What was your path through Goodwill? I mean, you said you, you've worked there for decades. So Yes, I have. <laughs> so I started out at the stores. Uh-huh. So uh, my first position was part-time head cashier at Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to assistant manager, mm-hmm. store manager, associate retail director, which mm-hmm. right now is would be classified more as a district manager, mm-hmm. uh, director of retail, vice president of retail operations. So that means I worked in, with donation acquisition. Um, I worked with aftermarket. I worked in the warehouse. I've loaded trucks. I've worked our bailers before. I've, you <laughs> name it, I've the forklifts. So that was the retail aspect, but then Mm -hmm. I was also chief operating officer as well. So Mm -hmm. I was introduced to our world of custodial contracts, our mowing division, Mm -hmm. marketing special events. While I was in the executive development program, we had to write an applied research paper in an area that we were unfamiliar with within our goodwill. Okay. Well, I thought, what area am I unfamiliar <laughs> with in Goodwill? Are you kidding? So I thought, mission. Because my journey up until that point had been through operations, right. which supports our mission. But I really didn't have, believe it or not, mm-hmm. much applied knowledge of mission. So I thought, mission. So as part... Again, the way that I learn is through talking and applying it and learning and getting my hands dirty. I thought, I am going to do focus groups. Okay. And so I start with the stores. And I went out to the stores, and my topic for the paper was getting our mission out to rural counties. Mm -hmm. When are we going to get out to Wood and Hancock and Defiance and Williams? We are of Northwest Ohio. We cover 13 counties here, our Goodwill. So I went out, and um, I didn't realize I was going to have to bring tissues. Oh, my goodness. My questions were actually having a visceral reaction to some of the team members when I said, what pressures do you have if we don't have the mission out here? And so they were saying how, you know, impactful the mission is, but if they can't show it being fulfilled in their town, they are struggling with trying to articulate our mission to their family, their neighbors, their Mm -hmm. community. So I knew right then and there, if I'm ever given the opportunity to become the CEO, that is one thing that I will absolutely work towards. 
Yes, yep. absolutely. That yeah. is amazing. So that is when I fell in love with the with the mission was during that time and writing that paper and learning everything that I possibly could mm-hmm. um, about our mission. And moreover, what other Goodwills were doing. So we are one of 154 autonomous Goodwills throughout the United States and Canada. So there's 153 other Amy's running around. Mm-hmm. So I went and I traveled and I, I brought back best practices and I learned from my learning cohort what they were doing and taking notes and just learning, learning, learning all the time, every day, and then applying that to Northwest Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't replicate something in San Diego, but I sure can take a concept. <laughs> wish I could replicate the weather, but you cannot do that. And But I could a concept and bring it back and ask the leadership team, how does this look here? Will mm-hmm. it work? And, and how, can we, how can we make that happen? And that's how our job connection centers actually came about to be here in Northwest Ohio was by taking that learning and applying it. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, the work of the Job Connection Center, though, yes. what aspect of that? I mean, because I know that you do a lot with removing barriers, and that, that's kind of where we come in um, to where sometimes if there's education, if there's training, things of that nature, that, that's where we partner. Right. But what does the Job Connection Centers do? So the reason why I'm really super proud of the Job Connection mm-hmm. Center is the first time in Northwest Ohio that it is a free, for goodwill, that we are a free non-referral based workforce development platform. So anyone can come into the job connection centers, for example, and say, I need a resume written. I don't know how to write a resume. I don't know what a cover letter is for. I do not know how to use a computer. Mm-hmm. I do not know how to apply online. Where do I find a job? It is any of those skills mm-hmm. that you may need one-on-one assistance for that we have navigators um, on site who will sit next to that individual and walk them through mm-hmm. whatever barrier they may have in looking for a job. That is I'm awesome. Very, very proud of the Job Connection Centers and the work that we do there. Mm-hmm. We also use the centers as a community space. Mm-hmm. For example, the Job Connection Center that just opened at Defiance, we had coffee with a cop. Uh So we had first responders out there. We had the economic department out there. We had chamber members Uh out there. And it's a networking opportunity, but it's a free space. And where our stores are located are in the heart of shopping centers and in the hearts of these towns that we're in. So we use the stores as platforms or venues Mm -hmm. for our partners to come out and reach a larger audience. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. So you said 13 counties, and you just talked about Defiance. And so you go all the way to the Indiana line? So we go as far north as the Michigan line, Mm -hmm. as far south as Wyandotte County, Mm -hmm. as far east as all of Seneca, half of Ottawa and Sandusky counties, Mm -hmm. and then, yes, as far west as the Indiana line. Wow. That's a big area. Yes. It's about a million in our service territory. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. So we talked a little bit about the mission and how you got connected. But one of the things I was wondering about is your 90th anniversary. Yeah. Um, And so with Goodwill being 90, I remember one of the first times we met, you told me the story about how Goodwill was founded. But it has clearly evolved over the years. And so how has it evolved? What, What are some of the changes that you're most proud of? How do you see it continuing to evolve? Sure. And thank you for coming to celebrate our 90th with us oh, it as was, well. It was a pleasure. It was, it was a very fun time, I thought. <laughs> I but, think so, too. <laughs> yes. 
So Goodwill was born in 1902, Boston, Massachusetts, by Reverend Edgar J. Helms, who was a Methodist minister. And he saw in his congregation two groups, the working and the non-working. So thinking back in 1902, social service, workforce Mm -hmm. development, probably not a normal conversation back in 1902. So we truly feel that he was well ahead of his time. So he thought, how can I have these individuals who are not working, how can I get these guys employed here? So he went out to wealthier areas of Boston, and this actually answers some of your questions, how much has changed, how much hasn't. As far as the funding model, not much has, because he went out in Boston and asked individuals if you had anything that you would like to donate, and loaded up his wagon, and took these items back for repair, to sort, to price, and the individuals doing that work, Mm -hmm. they sold the items, and they received a paycheck, the Goodwill funding model was born. Wow. So how it has evolved, his ministry Mm -hmm. moved westward and came to Northwest Ohio in 1933. So that's when we are celebrating our anniversary. And the model back then, uh, Reverend Helms did not want one person running a Goodwill. He wanted different territories because it was a ministry, it was a calling at that time. So that has evolved. We are no longer a faith-based nonprofit. But as far as workforce development piece, that has not changed as much as it has modernized. So education is now a huge piece of Goodwill's platform to help with that barrier. And and I think the education piece has changed mm-hmm. to your point to where now maybe it's perhaps certifications, mm-hmm. ongoing learning. It could be six weeks of education, six months, mm-hmm. you know, rather than four years plus two, plus, you know, and mm-hmm. having, having letters after your name and all that. So I think the requirements, the educational requirements for quite a few job industries has mm-hmm. changed. Absolutely. And so therefore that barrier, we're able to help and partner with you to overcome mm-hmm. that barrier that is more easily removed than perhaps in the past. So as I had mentioned, the programs really have just modernized with the industries. One of the aspects of Goodwill that not a lot of know is that we are a leading economic developer. Mm-hmm. And so you may say, how are you an economic developer, Amy? You sell brand name merchandise at a fraction of regular retail. And while I will say, yes, we do, <laughs> however, but... When you are an industry coming to our area, what is a number one resource that you're looking at Mm -hmm. to to sustain? Right. You need Mm -hmm. the human resource. If that area is not able to sustain its operation through the human resource capacity, Mm -hmm. it may move on to a larger city. Mm -hmm. So we are in the business of jobs. That's Mm -hmm. what we do. And so it is our mission then to help link those employers with job-ready candidates. So it's twofold. We work just as much with employers as we do with the people that we serve because Mm -hmm. at the end result, if we help you to a certain point with your job readiness and we do not have that partnership with Mm -hmm. employers, then we have not fulfilled our mission. Absolutely. And you have, you know, a person who becomes dejected and lose hope and all of their efforts don't have that end result of having that kind of financial or socioeconomic mobility. Exactly. Which is why they went through all of the effort in the first place. Right. And it's not easy to 
go to someone and say, I need help getting a job. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's you're very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And to list whatever barriers you may have towards that job, we want to make sure that at the end of the day, they get a job. As we talk about the 90 years of Goodwill, there's a lot that has happened in those 90 years. And, you know, most recently, obviously, we've come through a pandemic. We, we can always talk about the economy, things mm. of that nature. And so as we think about kind of our current context being post-COVID, how has all of this impacted the work that you do? Or has it? I really don't think it has to a large degree. So as I mentioned, we're an employer Mm-hmm. And we are a social service provider. Mm-hmm. So we have a business line that is custodial. We actually service the ODOT accounts. And our employees were considered essential uh-huh. uh, employees. Essential employees, yes. yep. Thank you. So they worked the entire time. And then as soon as retailers were open, I think we were shut down for maybe six weeks. Uh-huh. But that, the day that that was lifted, all retail went back to work. Right. So... Our shutdown time frame was minimal. We didn't have a remote access. We didn't have a remote workplace. We all came back to work on that first day that we could. You know, we took precautions and Mm -hmm. and we, we upticked our virtual services, of course, and we did things that pretty much everyone else had to modify their services to. Right. But as far as that's concerned, it really didn't have too much effect on our services. Post-COVID, what I have realized, and maybe this is just now that we're all getting back to business here, is the populations that we're serving are growing. Wow. They're growing immensely. And I think that that goes a lot to community awareness Mm -hmm. of individuals who are marginalized or underserved throughout our community. Mm -hmm. And um, we are taking special care with those individuals to link them to jobs. And I hope we discuss generational poverty and the benefits Mm -hmm. cliff and all of that that is absorbed. When you do talk about workforce development, you have to talk about those that we serve and the hardships that they go through. They want to work. How do they work? And that's what we are helping them with. So those populations in particular have increased in the network of people who you serve. Yes. Yes, they have. And the populations that I'm talking about are individuals who are um, homeless. Youth and young adult is a huge population that is that is underserved in terms of workforce development. We make assumptions upon high school graduation that young adults know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they can graduate on a Friday, but they're not sure what they're doing on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So we want to work with those young adults to help them with a career pathway earlier than graduation and show them that there is a career post-graduation or um, a trajectory that they could take. We also work with the very large returning citizens population. Mm -hmm. So our reentry programs are absolutely phenomenal, top-notch. They are recognized throughout the United States. They go out on speaking engagements. They wow. help other Goodwills set up their reentry programs. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're very proud of the work that we do in that area as well. Mm-hmm. And like I said, homelessness is an issue in our area that we need to address. Yeah. And through work, mm-hmm. we want to ensure that everybody has a future. 
So I remember a while ago you had mentioned some of the work that you did around reentry. And I think it's interesting when we talk about workforce development. And, you know, as a community college, our mission is everyone who has the ability to benefit, that's who we're here for. But the reentry population has some very special needs and some special limitations as well. That is a labor of love. And so can you talk a little bit about what Goodwill does for reentry? I would love to. So we have a few reentry programs. First, we have one through the Department of Justice. And that allows us to go into the institutions where, upon release, we are able to work with those individuals on a career path once they join us. So that is one area. That's regulated. There are certain people who can apply and be a part of the program, mm-hmm. and the funding, as you know, you, sometimes your, your hands are tied with certain right. services that you can provide. So as a byproduct of that grant, we have the Goodwill Reentry Program, which is not a really original name, but we're very (laughs) proud of our Goodwill Reentry Program because that is a direct service barrier removal. Mm -hmm. So upon release, again, individuals may need help getting a birth certificate, getting Mm -hmm. a driver's license, work boots, tool belt, help with certifications, court fines, things of that nature. So Mm -hmm. that program specifically helps with direct services and then job placement as well. So Mm -hmm. both programs help with job placements. And then we're beginning a third grant program, January 1, for Mm -hmm. youth. Wow. Yes, and Charles King is the manager of that program, and we're very proud of Charles. He started working on the Department of Justice grant and was recently promoted to program manager, and he is actually helping other Goodwill set up their grant programming for youth services. Amazing. Yes, yes. And again, that's in Toledo. So <laughs> yeah, I love very it. proud, very <laughs> proud. Yes. Well, and, and part of that, and, and we know there's a relationship between people who are in reentry with also, you know, unemployment and, you know, poverty and that all of those seem to have a lot of linkages between them. And so Part of what Goodwill does is connecting to those resources and services. Some of it is training and very specific educational programs. What are the programs that you have for that training and education that really do help to address generational poverty and unemployment? Boy, that's a big topic. Generational (laughs) poverty and unemployment. Things just got serious. With every person that we serve, we have an individualized service plan. Okay. And that's called NISP. And so you will sit down with your navigator, Mm -hmm. and you tell your navigator what you want to do. We do not put anyone in a bucket Mm -hmm. and say, well, we think, Goodwill thinks you would be good at X, Mm -hmm. okay? We tell them, perhaps, we partner with with Owens for you can get your CDL, or, Mm -hmm. you know, we have other employers if you want to be a florist, or, you know, there's other training educational pieces Mm -hmm. out there. But we want to know what the individual served wants to do, and then we backfill that. Mm -hmm. So then we go out to the partners that we engage with to, to find out what pieces are needed, and that's the whole link. So we link employers with job-ready candidates. You know, we work with ProMedica through their STNA classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole program catalog of services on our website, if anyone is interested in, in <laughs> learning more about the specific <laughs> programs that we have. It's called the Overview of Services. So 
One of the things that you talked about is leadership and your own journey as a leader in Goodwill and really people who, you know, saw that in you Mm -hmm. um, and helped mentor Mm -hmm. and support you you through that. And so we know that we have, you know, lots of people who listen to the podcast or students here who might be interested in nonprofit leadership. What advice do you have for them? got a lot of advice. <laughs> um, but you did touch on something just to back up. You know, that that is really true. And I never thought about it. The opportunities that I was given was because somebody saw something. And I really try to find something in everyone mm-hmm. um, that spark the, the interest. And as we mentioned earlier, just the individualized leadership that I try to give each person. But nonprofit leadership, some may think that it's easy, and I'm going to say why, is because nonprofit in itself as a term implies you are not to turn a profit. That is not true. <laughs> okay, I, I want to dispel that myth. You must have a financially sustainable organization, mm-hmm. as you very well know, absolutely, in order to provide your mission. Mm-hmm. Okay. So nonprofit is a term that describes what you do with those profits. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have your stakeholders are different. Right. Your stakeholders are the community, the people that you serve. Uh, so I would say to anyone interested in social service, please, please enter it. We mm-hmm. need, I think social service is the foundation of our community. Mm-hmm. I think social services, when we band together, we form that stability for those individuals who need us the most. I feel that being a social service leader, you must be incredibly well-rounded mm-hmm. because you need to know every aspect of your business that's supporting giving you that financial support, then you need to know that mission inside Mm -hmm. and out. And you have to have your chocolate and peanut butter come together. Um, So it's it's tough. It it is hard at Mm -hmm. times to be a a social service leader, but it's the most rewarding field you'll ever enter Mm -hmm. into because you are impacting lives. You are impacting generations by your service. You are addressing a need throughout your community and what better thing to do I can't think of anything better than that sounds like it's incredibly rewarding to go to work every day knowing that your sole mission is to change the trajectory of people's lives right for the better how how could you not want to wake up and Mm -hmm. do that every day Mm -hmm. every day and it's through partnerships Mm -hmm. uh one a huge bit of advice that I would have for anyone is don't chase the money. There's something called mission creep. Mm -hmm. And mission creep is when you as a leader step outside the true mission, which your your board of director authors, to try and gain funding for whatever reason. That can get some in trouble because that's not your core mission. That's not your service to the community. So Mm -hmm. stick with what you know, do not duplicate services mm-hmm. because then we're all running around. And, and you know who you hurt the most is the people we serve because all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're confused. Right. Well, wait a minute. I thought I was supposed to be you know, here for this and for here mm-hmm. for that. So partnerships, collaborations, every person you meet is a potential partner. Absolutely. Every conversation you have is a potential collaboration and look for that. And 
even if there's not, you just got a friend in the community who's an advocate for your organization. So yes, they are a partner. So um, it's a wonderful field to go into Mm -hmm. and be patient throughout the process. That's fantastic. So as we talk about the community, what is the one thing that the greater Northwestern Ohio community can do to support the work that Goodwill does? Continue to shop and donate. Mm -hmm. Please hire the individuals Mm -hmm. who need a chance. Some need a second chance. Mm -hmm. Some need a first chance. I needed a chance and Goodwill gave me my chance Mm -hmm. and I want to pass that along and I ask employers to please look at a more non-traditional workforce who needs help. You know transportation is a huge barrier. Let's think outside Mm -hmm. the box. Let's get these people to work. So I ask for their support by employing those who need help and also please continue to shop and donate in our stores you'll find amazing bargains but also our commercial services Mm -hmm. we have a mowing service we have a janitorial service again everything's on our website (laughs) (laughs) what is your website thank you for asking (laughs) www.goodwillnwohio.com (laughs) Wonderful. I just want to thank you for this opportunity to tell everyone about Goodwill. And I am always open to give tours or to give more information because I do want to stress, you know, Goodwill's purpose is to help people with barriers to employment linked to jobs. Mm -hmm. And if we can ever clarify that or teach individuals more about Goodwill, Mm -hmm. I am always available for a conversation because there is never once where I've had a conversation where somebody said, oh, I knew all of that. Uh-huh. It's, it's, in fact, I think perhaps maybe you hadn't even mentioned, mm-hmm. I had no idea, Amy, that Goodwill does all of that. I and didn't. And we do, and we value our partners, and we value our collaborations. And well, I remember when we first met, and you talked about Owens as a partner, yeah. and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to you know, learn more about this and to actually understand what we do from an educational perspective. And sometimes it's not just Goodwill and Owens. I want to say you have a role in the classes that we teach down at Cherry Street Mission even. Yeah. And so it's, to your point, the multiple different entities coming together for the betterment of the community, the families, the individuals individuals, all of that, to make everyone's world a little bit better. You had mentioned that and I, uh, before, and I do want to stress that the social services throughout the greater Toledo area is one of our greatest strengths and I think one of our biggest secrets. And I would love to have a resource fair of some sort to introduce everyone uh, to the power of collaboration and what all we are doing mm-hmm. at the Connecting Kids to Meals and mm-hmm. the Cherry Street Mission and, you know, all of the great work that is is being done and how we all collaborate together, mm-hmm. how we are all in this together to help those, again, who are underserved, marginalized throughout our community. There are resources, yeah. and we're, we're very proud to help anyone. Absolutely. Well, you wouldn't be too shocked to know that Wendy from United Way, Wendy from Connecting <laughs> Kids to Meals, and from Cherry Street Mission all have been podcast guests as well. Oh, oh fantastic. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, there, good. There, there really is that yeah. synergy and that there interrelatedness. Is. And for us, our mission is that accessible, affordable, but if you can't get through certain barriers in life, and maybe that's not where we have expertise, but someone else has expertise that can then work with us. If you have children, 
who are hungry. I mean, you're really talking about basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You aren't going to succeed through school. And if you're not going to succeed through school, you will never be one of our students. And so there's so many different connecting points that we have throughout the community that makes these conversations that much more meaningful. You know, when you mentioned what has changed with within Goodwill, not the pandemic, but just throughout the 90 years, is that youth piece. I think mm-hmm. Goodwill, when we first, for what, first 60 years, mm-hmm. maybe longer, really focused on the adult. And now we are looking at children mm-hmm. and how we can, from a workforce development standpoint mm-hmm. because remember we're for workforce development so if we do see food insecurities we will go to our partner and if we see homelessness we will go to our partner for that so mm-hmm. so we are employment but starting to lay those those foundations for them at an earlier age mm-hmm. is, is something that goodwills throughout the united states are really looking at because you're right if it, if we are going to address generational poverty, mm-hmm. you have to start at an earlier generation. So that is one area that, yes, we are mm-hmm. definitely changing. But again, without the partnerships, you're in a silo all by yourself. All by so. yourself, and you don't get as much done. Absolutely not. the impact that we need. You, you are never moving forward. Yep. Amen. Amy, it was a pleasure having you on the Conversations Podcast. Thank you. It I was my enjoyed. pleasure being here. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you. Amy, thank you so much for being with us. Every time we talk, I'm struck by your commitment to our community. Thank you for your time today. And thank you to all of our listeners. Please remember to subscribe and join us for future episodes. Until then, take care.